sweat the technique. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe's in for uh, Blankers. I am uh, still Branham. Uh, Lamont, wrong answers only. Why is uh, Blankers not at work today, Lamont? Well, it's easy. Given his past stories, he's clearly been sprayed by a skunk <laughs> in the city of Houston. That's an awesome get-out-of-work uh, story right there. I believe Joel's skunk story just funny that I've never seen a skunk in Metro Houston. I don't, I don't think – he doesn't live in Metro Houston, though. No, he, he lives out not. in, like, Fort Bend. Like, so he lives. he's on the outskirts. I'll tell you this, though. If he did get sprayed by a skunk, he does not have to take vacation days. I don't want you here. You're you're very soft with your vacation days. I don't want I don't want you here. Your beard, you you have a cough. You you must have the flu if you have the cough. So you're not you're not positive. coming in. Do yeah, people actually test for the flu? They say they do. Like if like I'm sure I've had the flu a hundred times. I've never been diagnosed with the flu. I don't think I have either. Like I get sick. I know that I'm sick. I work through it. Don't tell anybody. And then like I never te- I never go to the doctor. And be like, hey, can you test me for the flu? What is the doctor going to do? Say yes. He's going to give you a Z pack and you move on with your yeah, day. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but like I don't know if, if Joel got sprayed by a skunk, would you want him to work with you today? No, I exactly. wouldn't. <laughs> I'd rather work with someone with the flu than someone that got sprayed by a skunk. Yeah, because I'd rather catch the flu. I know I can beat the flu. I couldn't sit here for three hours <laughs> in a room with someone that got sprayed by a skunk. That's a good point. Like you got to stay away. That's a good point. I believe Blanker's uh, skunk dog story though, because it he kind of st- he kind of stunk. Yeah, for a I'm few sure. Days. He, like well, he legitimately kind of stunk for a few days. Yeah, like, I think he got little like uh, what's the right wordage here? Like secondhand skunked. That's not by good. his dog. Uh, 9845 Blankers getting a Brazilian wax with A.J. Hoffman. I don't I don't get the reference. Don't either. Maybe I should. 6927 Blank is hanging up Christmas lights and putting up a Christmas tree. Not sure I get that reference. 5657 Blank is listening to every word as he wants to hear what others are saying about him on air. And he's seething with anger, typing his text back to the backstabbing traders in the studio. Did Blank send that text? I don't know his number, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Wrong answers only. Why is blank not working today? So Bobby Slowick is again being mentioned uh, by talking heads, I guess typing fingers, that uh, Bobby Slowick could be a potential offensive coordinator hired this coaching cycle coming up in the offseason. Dan Graziano for ESPN. Um, Farther from the center of the OC radar, you'll find the likes of Houston's Bobby Slowick, who has rising star vibes due to his Kyle Shanahan roots and the instant success of Stroud. Yeah. So second time we've seen that mentioned like in the last three, four weeks about Bobby. Um, So let's just let's concede. Let's let's play this hypothetical. Let's play along here. Bobby Slowick leaves the Houston Texans after one season, which stinks. I'm a fan of coaches leaving your organization for promotions because it means they're doing good things. Like, I've always been the guy, hey, hire a good head coach. If he leaves you, cool. That means that something really went well in the time that he was here. So I don't, I don't mind Bobby Slowick getting a head coaching job even after a season. I don't love it. Like, I want him to be here at least two years. But if he gets hired after one season, things that are really good are happening. So let's let's trade it off. Let's let's make the trade off. Bobby Slowick, you get an NFL head jo- coaching job. That's cool. What do you need to see as a Texans fan? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What do you need to see as a Texans fan? That's a fair trade off to where your side of this trade, Bobby Slowick, getting an NFL head coaching job after one season. What's the fair trade from a Texans point of view? CJ Stroud, rookie of the year. Uh, okay, just, so it's not even team success here. It, it's it's just so it's it, already happened. I know. It, it, I think it has. It's just it's continued development and understanding of the offense because it should be the philosophy of the organization. 
that they hire someone that's going to run the same offense, that they are going to try to implement. Maybe they'll change the terminology, but a San Francisco-style scheme is what the Texans are going to run for the foreseeable future because C.J. Stroud has already shown that he can excel at it. So what it just needs to be the rest of the year, if Sloak's gone and going to be a head coach somewhere, continue to master that. And also, I think I kind of want him to expose the flaws of this team. If he's going to stay here, expose the fact that you don't have a running back or an offensive line yeah. that can work in this system. So show us what the strengths and the weaknesses of this team are and, and win a rookie of the year for C.J. Stroud. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If uh, Slowick does in, indeed leave after one season to be a head coach in the NFL, what does the trade-off need to be for you as a fan to where you're pleased with it? Uh, because, like, I'm fine whenever an offensive coordinator leaves your team to get a head coaching job because that means really good things are happening. I don't want to be the, the team that's firing guys because that means bad things are happening. So I, I like promotions from within. Uh, 8143 says AFC South Championship. That's may, okay. Okay. That's your answer. I respect that. Maybe daunting, maybe without the realm of possibility, although I think it is in play a little bit. For me, it's hard to go with individual success. Now, where I kind of meet you in the middle here is like individual success for your rookie quarterbacks kind of critical for yeah. the like look look where the Texans were before CJ Stroud took off uh the bottom barrel of the NFL teams uh a laughing stock of a franchise a team that gave you absolutely no hope look where we are now after 8 games of CJ Stroud in a 4 and 4 record you have a potential top five, top ten quarterback. You have a quarterback, you said this the other day, I hope you didn't jinx it, that he's going to lead the Texans to the Super Bowl, the promised land. You feel like you have a quarterback that's going to be in the top ten for the foreseeable future. You have a top ten quarterback. You're a contender uh, in the NFL. So the development's very, very critical to team success, maybe not in the immediate, but definitely in the long term, and then what you think of the Houston Texans. I think the answer that I have, though, because I care more about team success than player success. I don't care whenever, you know, Houston players win MVPs. I don't care when they make all-star games. I don't care when they win Cy Youngs. I don't care when they're rookie of the – I don't care about any of that. The thing I care about is team success. So my answer to this question would be playoffs. If the Texans get into the playoffs and it means that Bobby Slowick is only here for one season, that's a trade-off that I'm making. No, I think it's a a good trade-off. And also I think it's very realistic. I mean, if they make the playoffs – I would be shocked if Bobby Sloak doesn't at least interview for three or four jobs. We know right now one's open with the Vegas job. It feels like there's going to be at least four or five more jobs open. And, and frankly, most of the jobs are going to go to young offensive coordinators. And and I think what Bobby's doing would be more impressive than what, like, uh, whoever the new Eagles offensive coordinator is, right? Because, like, you ben are. Johnson, oh, you mean if Ben Johnson got a job somewhere? No, not the Lions. Brian, isn't it Brian Johnson is the Eagles OC? Brian Johnson. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, just to me, like Brian Johnson is he's having success with the Eagles, mm-hmm. but that was already there. They already were one of the best teams in the NFL. They're running the same offense they ran last year. It's less impressive what he's done with that offense than what Bobby Slowick has done with Houston. So like, yeah, Slowick's going to be in contention for a big time job. I really feel like we're a year away, but if, if CJ keeps playing like this and they make the playoffs, he's probably going to be a head coach next year. I do think they're a year away as well. And look, Ben Ben Johnson would have done it. Ben Johnson would have been a first the the OC at Detroit. He would have been a one one year OC for the Lions and could have had a job in the NFL. 
he could have had the job in the NFL, but he decided he wanted a second year as an OC. I, I, I also think that Bobby is going to be here two years. I, I don't think he leaves this offseason, but I do think it's in play, and I think it becomes more and more in play the more and more C.J. Stroud produces. If he grooms a rookie quarterback to be the rookie of the year, if he grooms a rookie quarterback to lead the Texans to the postseason, if he grooms a rookie quarterback and they have a top-10 offense in the NFL, he's going to get interviews this offseason. And I'm okay with him leaving if the Texans are a playoff team immediately. I'm not going to feel good when he leaves, but that's the trade-off that I would take. 713-780-3776-9440 says Stroud, rookie of the year in a well-contested first-round playoff game. So he goes even a step further, not just making the playoffs, but you're in that wild-card game. That wild-card game is winnable. You don't go 0-1, you're ousted. Stroud gets rookie of the year, great, and then Bobby's the new head coach at Chicago. Yeah, well, I... I think that's the team to watch. I think honestly. it'd be a team that's in the mix for a rookie quarterback like, for sure. Like whoever ends up with Caleb Williams and Drake May, those teams would probably be the most inclined to take a run at Slowick. And honestly, from the other side of this, I think it's too early. For he, what? He's only called plays one year. Yeah, like, but I mean, you know how it goes. Year. You know how I know. You, you you have a rookie quarterback that has immediate success, and you go from the thirty. Where were they last year? 31, 30 yeah. offense in the NFL. They were in the thirties. I know that. And you go into the top 10 this year, that's an amazing climb, and you did that with a rookie quarterback that didn't have a running game, had an offensive line that was in shambles, a receiver room that before the season, you know, we're talking about him differently now, but before the season was rivaled as one of the worst receiver rooms in the NFL. And the success they've had. Like it's, I, try, I try to avoid this as much as possible, but like the, the, the connections between the teams, I think, is just too strong. If the Chicago Bears take Caleb Williams or Drake May, I, I would be okay with Bobby Slowick. Like, I would prefer yeah. Ben Johnson, just like I was pro-Ben Johnson last year uh-huh. for the Texans. But Ben Johnson would be my 1A, and I think Bobby Slowick might be my next guy on that list. Because mm-hmm. even a guy like, you know, like uh, Graziano mentions uh, Brian Callahan, the, the OC for the Bengals. I don't know. I, I'm not, it's, it's Joe Burrow. And, and frankly, I just I view him differently. And most of the time, I view an offensive coordinator differently when their head coach also was an offensive coordinator, offensive mind. I do, too. Slowick stands apart, so does Ben Johnson. When their head coach is defense-oriented, like, you know that this the show on offense, it's their show. Yeah. Like, I, they, it's all them. I like to say who's responsible for the success. Because, like like you mentioned, I think since he's a good example for this, if you look at why are the Bengals successful offensively, Callahan doesn't crack the top three. Yep. Burrow, Chase, Zach Taylor. Yep. Callahan might be distant, distant, distant. If you look at the Lions, like you mentioned with um, with Ben, maybe number one. Like, he might even be better than the quarterback. I think he has to be. Look yeah. at what Jared Goff did, you know, after the Super Bowl. Like, it went downhill with the Rams. It was not good to start with Detroit. And then when he took over, mm-hmm. it, Detroit has skyrocketed. They're going to be like the, a top two seed this yep. year in the NFC. It looks like it's mostly him. So... It- it's it is it's, and same thing here in Houston. It's CJ one, Slowick two. Yeah, I would I would say it that way too. CJ definitely won. Like you can make a case for like Tank and stuff, but I mean there there's another example. I it's put, a third round rookie receiver that Slowick's making look unbelievable. I, I would go O line. Like I, I think yeah. it'd be like slow. It'd be it'd be one A one B is Stroud Slowick, 
and then the next group is the offensive line, and then you can start talking wide receivers. All right, Slowick leads in the offseason. What do you need as a fair trade-off as a Texan fan? 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line. Also, uh, the Athletic listed nine teams that can win the Super Bowl. Do we agree? Do we disagree? Who else are we adding, if anyone? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. We hope that you never, ever have to worry about a car accident. It's annoying. It's stressful. The insurance companies bother you. Uh, We hope it never happens to you. But if it does, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. They're the only name that you need to call. You don't have to worry about retainers. You don't have to worry about billable hours. They're not going to invoice. They're not going to send you a bill. How much will you pay? You don't pay till you win your case. Hollingsworth Law Firm is perfect. Houston personal injury attorney Steve Hollingsworth has sacked insurance companies and gotten millions recovered for his clients. They're the name you need to call. If you've been in a car wreck, you've been hit by an 18-wheeler, hope that didn't happen, or even injured on the job, call Steve Hollingsworth. He is the one that you need to get to that's going to give you the most money. He's also going to be a guy who's going to deal with all these insurance companies so you don't have to. 18-wheeler accidents, car accidents, industrial accidents, oil field, offshore accidents. Hollingsworth Law Firm is going to get you what you deserve. Millions recovered, free consultation as well. And the best part of this, you don't pay until you win. If you or someone you know has been injured in a wreck or accident, give Hollingsworth Law Firm a call right now for a free consultation. You do not pay until you win. The team at Hollingsworth Law Firm will fight for what's rightfully yours, and don't let these insurance companies run all over you. I hate dealing with insurance companies. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm so you don't have to deal with insurance companies. Call right now, 713-999-8773 for your free consultation, 713-999-8773, or visit them online, carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com. ESPN 975.com. Time to wake up. Hey, you are finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Uh, he's Joe. <laughs> oh, no. Brian, I'm what? I don't know that laugh. I'm laughing at this Lamont tweet. I think we're going to save it for mean text, though. <laughs> oh, the global warming one? <laughs> uh, I laughed, dude. He was throwing some shots. Like he said, did he mention global warming? He also said that maybe the club didn't love Dusty. <laughs> I was like, okay, like here we go. Pat Onstead, maybe maybe dropping some insight. I don't know if he has insiders there, but that uh, was uh Well, you know who hangs out? No, I have no idea. Jordan Alvarez has been spotted well, at a multiple. I mean, they brought him out there for like first Houston pitch. Dynamo games. I'm just saying. Maybe he talked to Pat Onstead. Maybe. If or- there was I've I've thought at times that Jordan didn't love Dusty. When, go look at the hand stuff. Like, Jordan called the media over yes. to him to correct his manager. Be like, hey, like, it's not true. Yeah. When he says both hands. And I think also Dusty might have been calling out Jordan Alvarez early in the playoffs for having the sniffles. I think so, too. Remember, was it, uh, I, think it was the, I think it was the Ranger series. Yeah. I think he was 0 for 4, 4 strike, 3 strikeouts, 0 for 5, 4 strikeouts against yeah. Montgomery. Yeah, the flu. And then the next day, Dusty's like, oh, or it might have been postgame. Like, he's a, little, he's a little under the weather. Yeah. It was the, it's just the and whole. Then, and then you were uncorrect. He's like, I wanted that stuff to be private. Remember that? Yeah. Like, I it did, wouldn't shock me. I, I don't think that Dusty had the 
relationship within the clubhouse that people wanted to pretend that he did. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you that. I have no idea. I, I think he was well-liked, but I just think... I think he just... His gimmick runs... <laughs> it runs away quick. Like, I think people get tired of the uh, dusty I mean, he, he was good for the... I'm, I'm, I mean, he's gone. He's retired. I wish him well in retirement. He was good for the Astros. He's I kind of want to leave setter. it at that. I, yeah, for sure. Trendsetter. He is. I mean, he, he is the reason that the Rangers hired Bochi. Yep. He's the reason the Angels have hired Ron Washington. I think he was the reason why the White Sox hired La Russa. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Then, or you can even say Showalter in New York. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I like I like the veteran umpires. I think it's a – umpires. I like the veteran uh, managers because I think it's a good balance of young front office yeah. with, like, the calming, steady hand of the manager. Because I do think – and I, look, I'm an analytical guy. I think baseball went way too analytical. I totally agree. Like, I think there's – like, Theo Epstein, there's a reason why he works in the commissioner's office now. It's because he admits he ruined baseball. You had Brian Cashman yesterday – Saying we're not analytical, like I thought that was kind of silly though. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Why is uh, Blankers not here today? Wrong answers only. Nine six four eight. Blankers got stuck in the blood pressure machine at the grocery store. Six nine two seven. Blank is having dinner with Jake Asman in New York City, and they're telling Aaron Rodgers stories. Now, if that one happened, <laughs> that might be the best wrong answer possible. Yes. That might be the best it's wrong answer possible. For so many reasons. <laughs> for so many so reasons. So many reasons. Uh, if Slowick leaves in the offseason to be a head coach somewhere else, what is the trade-off that you'd be good with him leaving? Because no one wants Slowick to leave, right? I mean, CJ's been good. The offense has been pretty good. Uh, you don't want him to leave. But if he does, what do you need on the receiving end where you're good with it? A nine three three zero. I'd need three-plus rounds of playoffs to feel good. Otherwise, I'm bummed. 8147 with an outside the box answer that I, I like this one too. Uh, my slowing trade off is simply next year's success. It would be disappointing to see offensive regression. That's, it, that's a good one. It's a really good one. If you tell me next year they're going to be better, I don't care who the OC is. I kind of, I, I, part of the reason why I just want Slowick to work another year is because I think I know who the next offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans is going okay, to be. I'm listening. I think it's going to be Matt LaFleur. Huh. What makes you think that? Just the San Francisco I, ties? I I think the San Francisco ties, and I think he's gonna get fired by Green Bay after next season. Hmm. Like I just I I don't I don't um I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna work there because I think they're gonna be out of range for a quarterback. Do you just like that? No. I don't I, dislike it. I, I think I just think they'll move on. And like that's kind of what you want if you have D'Amico Ryans as your head coach. Like you want someone that's kind of you know floundered out and might it might take them a while to get their next opportunity. Yeah, because I I I like Gerard Johnson. Yeah, I love Gerard. I don't. I would be shocked if if Slowick left this offseason or next if he immediately catapulted into that role. That would really surprise me. I think after a season, it's difficult. I think after two seasons, it's likely. Yeah, and look, and they'll know better than we will. Like if, if D'Amico makes that decision, everything they've done so far, I'm going to trust it. We'll have to wait to see how it plays out in 2024. But if if Slowick leaves and they promote Gerard Johnson, I'm I'm going to trust that. They've done a good enough job coaching Gerard Johnson on the offense yeah. and what it means to be an OC for this team. So uh, I, at this point, for the first time ever for me, as someone that's fall, that follows the Texans, I have faith that they're going to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. That like whatever they do, if Slowick leaves, I'm going to sign off with with full approval. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, I, Unless I think, it's Josh McDaniels. I would like it two years more than a year. I do think Gerard's going to be a superstar in the coaching business. I don't think he'd be Josh McDaniels. Uh, that would be awful. Now, I just don't either. I just Nick, it's the one person that you could make me. Nick Casario and, and Josh McDaniels are BFFs. I know. 
They've known each other since the John Carroll days. I think I think that uh, McDaniel's the reason that um, Casario got hired in New England as yeah. like an intern or whatever. Oh, I, yeah, I can see that a scout or analyst or whatever he was. Maybe it'll be Ben McDaniel's will be the next OC of the Houston Texans. He's like their tight end mm, coach. Nah, that would I'd be kind of gross a, about that. That's a big reach. Uh, this is the halfway point of the NFL season. Uh, we can have that now because there's 18 weeks in the year. We are through the ninth week. Week 10 is this week. Are these teams Super Bowl contenders? The Athletic lists nine teams as Super Bowl contenders. These nine teams can win it. Are we agreeing or disagreeing? Eagles? Yes. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. They're the best team in the NFC right now. Uh, Chiefs? 100%. Ravens? Yeah. See, I don't think so. They've played really good the last couple of weeks. I- I've been impressed. They played nobody. I know. I'm not a I'm not a Baltimore Raven believer. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Harbaugh. I need, really? I like quarterbacks who can beat you from the pocket. I don't think Lamar's great at beating you in the pocket. I'm Lamar's always a, an ankle roll for missing four weeks too. I'm surprised you're not a Harbaugh guy. I don't I don't like him at all. Because it's, it's I think he has one of the most punchable faces in the NFL. John? Yeah, both of them. Both of them. Well, definitely Jim. Both for of them. sure. Yeah, like, maybe maybe I have Harbaugh bias. Like maybe. Yeah, I don't like either. I don't like either one of them. Like I'm good with John. I I don't like Jim. Why do you like John? I don't know. I just there's something about him. I, I like the way he something coaches. Something about him. Why there's do you like something about him? Something about him. There's something about him that you don't like. <laughs> I you think don't like his punchable face. I think he's a good coach. I just I don't like him. He whines a lot, complains. He gives me Scott Service vibes. That's fair. Yeah. So I I would say I'm a, right. I'm a yes on Baltimore. I'm I'm no on Baltimore. I'm I'm not a big. Well, I think Baltimore's overrated. There's no blankers. He so, would say no. Yeah. Chevy? What do you think, Chevy? Break the tie. Uh, I'm yes with Baltimore. I knew you were going to say that. Oh. <laughs> now you know how Joel feels. <laughs> I do. I thought that too. I think that's why <laughs> I said it. At maybe I think it played a small part of why I said it. Uh, Jacksonville. You think they're a Super Bowl contender? No. I don't think so either. Uh, I, I Trevor Lawrence puts the ball on the ground too much. Maybe that's I'm nitpicking one specific thing. I don't love that he well, does you, that. You can't ignore the first can't half he? of the Chargers playoff game last no. year. Four picks. No. Dolphins? No. I don't think they are until they can beat a competitive team. And I don't think they can. So Now, I am a believer in offenses win titles. And if I'm a believer in offenses win titles, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my no, mouth. No, but here's the thing, though. If they don't get the number one seed, I don't think they have a prayer. Because there's no way you're going to convince me that Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua Tonga-Varloa are going to go to the snow in Buffalo, the snow in Kansas City, the snow in Cincinnati, and yeah. win a track meet. I think sometimes we overrate that. I, most of the time, agree with you, but not that team. Like, you have Tyreek Hill try catching him in snow. You know what I mean? Like... It's, just, it's it's more of a two like thing. it's it's such a like football cliche. Oh, this team's from Miami. They can't play in the snow. What? Like what? Like why? Why can't they play in the snow? Why? Like most of these teams practice inside anyways nowadays. That's true. So like, why is a team that's from Buffalo? I, I don't know that this is the case. Like, why is this a team in Cincinnati? Well, because they're from Cincinnati, well, see, they funny. can play in the. Well, they practice inside, and half of their dudes are from south of the United States. I wouldn't say that about Buffalo. And, and look, maybe Moster, I should give them more of a benefit of the doubt because like the reason why I would never say that about Cincinnati yeah. is Joe Mixon. Yeah. Like, I think that Joe Mixon, if it's a bad weather game can help carry the Cincinnati Bengals to a victory. Honestly, I feel the same way about Pacheco. Yeah. Like in Kansas City. And maybe Moster and Achan I should. I see I think I think you're onto something. It's more about the personnel to me yeah. than where the team is from. Yeah. Like just because it's definitely that. just because you're Green Bay, Cincinnati, Buffalo doesn't mean that you're good in the cold because those teams happen to be in that city. I think it's more about the personnel, the, the style, not, things like that. And it's funny too cuz like I say snow, but we've talked about this before. It's really wind. Like yeah. If it's a windy, windy day, 15, 20 mile an hour wind in mm-hmm. Buffalo, the Dolphins have no chance to throw the ball. And I just, I just, 
I think that's the, what makes them move. I'm out on them too. Detroit? Yes. I think they can get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they can win it. I'm, I'm going to say they can. Okay. I like Detroit, so that uh, it's they're, they might be my favorite NFC Their team. Their talent is incredible on offense. They are. They like, are. And, like, Jamison Williams isn't clicking yet. Jameer Gibbs isn't in the best form of himself yet. He like, has they have been the last couple weeks. Who's the Gibbs? Yeah, yeah and Montgomery then Montgomery's coming back this week, it looks like. I, I don't think they've played to their upside yet. I think they have room to get better. Yeah. Now, Goff is their quarterback, but Goff's been to a Super Bowl. San Francisco. Yes. Yes. See, I just don't ever see Brock Purdy winning a Super Bowl. Like, get there, yes, win it. Eh. Dallas? No. Yeah, I'm kind of out on Dallas. Cincinnati. Of course. Yeah, I think Cincinnati can. I think Joe Burrow can win a Super Bowl any year. I think they're the second best team in the AFC. So I do too, and I think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the league. Yes. So and I think, and I don't think I think it's a one A one B, not one verse two. I'm th- not there. I think it's I, one versus two. I don't think I, Burrow I really, has the head to head though, right? Yeah. I, I just I don't think the gap between Mahomes and Burrow is as wide as some people. Now and that's why that's why it's it's one A is Mahomes. Yeah. And it's definitely Burrow's the next one. But I think the gap between Mahomes and Burrow is much smaller than Burrow and whoever you want to put next on that list. I think I'm on. I, I think I'm with you on that. Like Burrow has the head to head, and I think that the reason that we think that there's this huge gap between the two is because like the society we live in nowadays, where like the highlight worthy quarterbacks get far more praise than the guy who's just steady. Yeah. Like Burrow's not going to put together the highlight package of Pat Mahomes. He's not going to put together the highlight package of Josh Allen. I think that's why Josh Allen's overrated. He's just but gonna, he's a winner. Yes. He's going to he's Tom Brady. Like he's not Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady. But like Tom Brady wasn't the highlight guy. Yeah. Like Tom Brady was never Peyton Manning was the highlight guy. Tom Brady was the winner that was cerebral and was gonna beat you every single time. Peyton Manning was gonna do it every now and then, but put together the impossible throws or the four hundred yard games. Uh I think Joe Burrow's like the modern day Brady and then like Josh Allen's just a walking highlight turnover machine. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Where do you agree? Where do you disagree with us? Seven one three Seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's a Wednesday. Joe makes faces on Wednesday. Why is Joe making faces on this Wednesday? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. It's basketball season. Rocket's got a big one tonight. A little villain coming into town as well. Uh, I got to tell you about Pro Dunk Hoops. They have the highest quality basketball goals you'll find. Basically, goals that you see inside the arenas. Tempered glass backboard, breakaway rim, uh, stainless steel hardware. It's height adjustable, five feet to ten feet. You can't find this stuff in the big box stores. You can only get this quality basketball at Pro Dunk. And one of the, the cool new goals, too, is Thor. You got to have Thor. We mentioned that it's height adjustable all the way down to five feet. Raise it up to ten feet, too. But the way that you raise and lower Thor... It's a drill. Even Joe can do it. You just get the drill. You put it into the back of Thor. Raise it up. Lower it down. It's a great time. Anybody can do it. It's idiot proof to put it as literal as I can. Get Thor from ProDunk.com. They have other options as well. They have the perfect goal for your driveway, for your yard, for your house. Whatever you need, however you need it done, ProDunk's going to get it done. Also, their accessories are next level. LED light kits for night play. Because uh, you look, you can, I left the station yesterday. It was already dark. It was weird, but it's reality. It is life. So you need these LED light kits so you can be able to play uh, into the wee hours of the evening. Backstop nets. You don't have to chase the basketball all around, and you can order everything, including including professional installation online. You're not good with a level. You don't, you don't want to bust out the ladder. You don't have to because the pros at ProDunk professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't do it. Let the pros at ProDunk do all the work for you. Give them a call right now, 281-351-9822. Go to ProDunk.com. Check out Thor. I was looking at it a little bit earlier today. It's a beautiful goal. That's ProDunk.com. 
ESPN 975.com. We keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. All right. Joe makes faces on Wednesday. 713-780-3776. Why is uh, Blankers not here today? Wrong answers only. Get to that in a little bit. Um, why are you making a face today, Joe? I don't know. I think the music's a little loud, Josh. Yeah, Josh, can we turn it down a little bit? I can't, I can't hear myself think. I, me... I was. I realized I was fading the wrong thing. <laughs> I was fading like my producer mic. I was yeah. like, man, why is it still so loud? I was like, my goodness, I, I, I was am like, we're distracted really right now. Yeah. All right, first one. So that's the first face. Uh, I just saw this one on social media, and I went, wow, it's a lot of money. Twice, actually. We'll start with the Sphere oh, I love in this Las thing. Vegas. We you saw know, it. We were right next we to it. We did see it. We drove right by it. You know this fiscal quarter that ended September 30th? Yeah, I'm a big guy. I'm a big quarter guy. They uh, reported a $98.4 million loss on the sphere. Um, That's not great. I mean, it just like. opened, though. Like, I, 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 like I, how would have they made money to this point? Well, they're charging like $350,000, I think, a day. For when the, someone does the advertising, yeah, I think that's what I think it's a day. Is it's that much? But it's a ton of money to advertise yeah. there. They just did their first show. Yeah, you too, right? Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to go see a show there? Absolutely. The Final Four should be there, right? Can I don't they think do that? I don't think it's big enough. Like Final Fours, they play in like NFL stadiums nowadays. That's I don't, true. The, and the Sphere is more of I don't think they're it's good, like they're going to do any. If they do some, it's not going to be it's very all, much. It's all I think it's going to be UFC mostly. It, for real? Because yeah. I, I, the way I were at read it was it's more for like arts and entertainment music. Yeah, they they do want to do sports. And like Dana White has said that he wants to do some maybe stuff. some like boxing. That'd be kind of cool. Like I wonder boxing, how many UFC, kids WWE. I wonder how many you can seat though for those events. Like I think maybe maybe some like early season basketball, maybe yeah. some conference tournament basketball. Def- Why aren't we doing the in season tournament championship game there? I-, I wonder how much it seats. Like I don't think it seats many for sporting events. Yeah, I, I would imagine so as well. But even then, like it- it's, I mean, you two would do NRG. But you too, think about it too, though, from like a stage perspective. Like, how much space is that taking? Like, can you, can you fit in like more floor seating type? It's like, I don't know. I'm not very good at like the logistics of this, but I, I, I have read a lot about the sphere because it does interest me. It's 18,600. For sports? It just says the can host up to 20,000 in standing capacity. Well, that's plenty say- for sports then. Like you can you can have all of your you could have NCAA tournament games yeah, there. Maybe have, not probably, final four, but yeah. tournament games there. Yeah, you can have like the opening round. It doesn't surprise me that they've lost so much right now because it just got done. Like they just hosted the first event. Yeah. Like is three hundred and fifty thousand dollars too much to pay for marketing on the sphere, probably. Like they might need to lower that. But I'm blown away by that. I, I've also seen that they're thinking about doing um some copycat projects like in London with the sphere. I've seen well, there's been rumors of Dallas. Really? I hope that doesn't happen. I don't like good things to happen at Dallas. I don't think. Is it really that good of a thing, honestly? It's kind of an eyesore. No, I love it. Sometimes it's an actual eye. That's weird to me. <laughs> that I saw that. That's weird. 
I, I love this thing. I'm I'm mesmerized by this thing. Yeah, we, we was, drove right by it. Yeah, it was, it was the moon. Yeah, it was that was we, cool. We left the steakhouse and yeah. like you could see it from the the front door of Cleaver Steakhouse in Vegas off the strip. Best steakhouse you ever get. Maybe it's not. It's not. Maybe it's not that good, but it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's a great find. A little hole in the wall find, but um. You could see it from the front doors waiting on our Uber, and it's the moon. I'm like, oh, am I on space? Am I Neil Armstrong? Yeah. One, what is the old saying? One small step for man. Man, one giant leap for mankind. There we like, go. I felt like I should be saying that after my my old fashioned and uh, my steak. Apparently, there is two hundred billion dollars at the bottom of the Caribbean Sea. Uh, there is a there was a hold on what? Yes, there was a a crash a ship that has two hundred billion two hundred billion dollars. Worth of gold, silver, a bunch of like current day money, like things you could use. And Columbia has apparently called dibs. <laughs> called dibs. I called dibs on Stroud, so that that holds true. But like, why why didn't we call dibs? We should have called dibs as a show. Well, you want to go down there and find it? No. I mean, I think no. I saw how it went for the Titanic thing. I don't think we're going that low though. It's uh, at the bottom of the sea, Joe. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> I just assumed that the Titanic was deeper. If someone like I if mean, someone can call dibs, they gotta be able. But then again, if they could call dibs and get it, they probably would have by now. Here's the thing: two hundred billion. Yeah, like, like how much gold and silver they is said needed 200 for two hundred pounds of gold? So I guess that trend, like that, and like the whatever conversion rate to that's two hundred billion, uh, something like that. Who dropped it? Do we know? Uh, no, that I, I Jack Sparrow. That. I bet you Amber Heard has a claim on this. Oh, she sucks. Yeah, she's not the best. Have you watched the documentary yet? Uh, I think I started and kind of lost interest. I just finished the Gotti one. I watched the court case. That was fun. <laughs> you really? Yeah, I watched like highlights oh. of it. Like I didn't oh, like, yeah. turn it on True TV, but I watched like the highlights. I was mesmerized by that. No, that was I, awesome. I just watched the uh, the Get Gotti. Um, documentary. The, oh, the, the like FX going, guy. Yeah. No. Um, no, John Gotti. Oh, John Gotti. Yeah, like from like going from like when he takes over the mob and like through like his whole trials yeah. and all the times he evaded. I the criminal love system. old school gangsters. Like reading yes. about them, like I mean, obviously they're terrible people and they killed and murdered and thieves, but they're super interesting. Like Whitey Bulger, I read a couple books on Whitey Bulger. Yep. Um, I read one on Capone. That Speaking was really of Johnny good. Depp. The Whitey Bulger movie was terrible. Black Mass. Yeah. The best Whitey Bulger movie was uh, Departed. Yes, that was 100%. Loose, l- very loosely based on the life of Whitey Bulger. It's but that pretty, Departed was good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I think like some of like the computer chip stuff. Who was American? Happens. It was um, who was American Gangster? Denzel? No, no, nope, not the actor. Wrong movie. No, no, that's the right movie. Oh, um, but he, who, I think he played Frank Lucas. Yes, Frank Lucas. Yeah, I read a book on Frank Lucas too. It's, that one's. Yeah, That's a I, great uh, movie. I've read way... I feel like I'd be a good thief after reading all of the you know, the biographies of all these yeah. great gangsters. And my last Is one here... Is it fair I, to call them great gangsters? Is that putting? Is that giving them too much praise? Why? Because yeah, you're giving praise to bad people. Sometimes bad people are good. That's not, What? <laughs> Why are they bad? Look, here's the thing. Peter Pan, like Robin Hood, maybe? No. Nope. I said Peter Pan. I meant I, Robin I'm a, Hood. I'm a, I'm a, this, is not a, this is not a bad take, okay? You, you're you're saying Al Capone was a good guy. Yes. Murdered millions. Oh, millions is I, I too strong. Saying. He murdered hundreds look, of people. You can look at the history of Chicago, and like post Al Capone, it got worse. So you don't you think can that look Al- at the history of yeah, Chicago, okay, right. and when they decided yeah. that they were going to arrest all the OGs of all the gangs, things got worse because people there used to be hits, and one person would get shot and killed, and now you got these morons that just like spray and pray and make Chicago a terrible city. Sometimes gangsters are good. 
they not killed, always. They killed innocent people. I know, but sometimes the it's it's better than the result after. My favorite Whitey Bulger stat or accolade or however we're saying this. He won the lottery twice. <laughs> what? Yeah, he like won. The, wait, he like won, the real lottery? He won the real lottery twice. But, it, but how do you know he actually won it? Because he collected the money. Yeah, but like, did he win it or did he scam it? He threatened the guy who actually won it by uh-huh. saying, give me your ticket or I'll murder you. Good call. That's how he won the That's lottery not twice. winning the lottery. There's some people that say that he like knew somebody at the lottery and they rigged the ping pong oh, yeah. balls for him. But I think they, they put that in Black Mass. I don't remember if they put that in Black Mass. I didn't see Black Mass. Oh, I you didn't it, see it? No, I heard it wasn't good. Yeah, it's not great. I've watched it a couple times because I'm a sucker for bad movies but because I like the story of it. And last one I got here, I guess I have to change this a little bit. It's Vikings fan. It's not fans. But this video went around of this guy was so excited that Josh Dobbs was his quarterback. If you don't know Josh Dobbs is alopecia. He's had it since, like he's been dealing with it since he was 10. This this kid, he shaved his eyebrows off. Oh, really? So he could be like Josh Dobbs. I think it's kind of a compliment. I mean, yeah, but like, why? I mean, I don't think Dobbs can be offended by this. No, I don't. No, it's it's not a bad face. How old is the kid? He looked like he was in his twenties. Oh, that's too old. Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like six or seven. No, no, no. Yeah, twenties no. too old. Yeah, so it's not it's not an anti like. I get why you did it. You want to support your guy. Yeah, it's but too I feel old. like you're gonna regret yeah. that once. Well, he's gonna grow back, but. Uh, I feel like the decision's poor unless, like, once you hit double-digit years old, like, that, I don't think it's a play that you make. Yeah, but then, like, if you're a parent and you're letting your 8-year-old shave off his eyebrows because he likes a quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if he, like, idolizes it. He thinks it's such a great story. I don't, I don't mind I don't it so much for a kid. It's also one game. That's true. What if Josh Dobbs stinks next week? You're going to regret your decision. What if Jaron Hall gets the job back yeah. and Josh Dobbs never plays for the Vikings again? Yeah, I don't like it to eat for anybody, but especially a grown man. Yeah, it's like bad. a little kid, like whatever. But like a grown man, that's awful. This dude on the Twitter or on the tw- on the text line, he says twenty billion in gold, Joe, not two hundred billion. I was about to say, man, that's a lot of gold. Well, like that would sink the seashore. I can't read or the sea floor. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh, the Astros aren't and haven't been. Acting like a team with championship aspirations. I'll tell you why next. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. If you want in, you have to audition. Hi, I'm Carrie Dubeck, and I'm reading for the role of man at party who smells fart. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. This Saturday is homecoming for my Cougs. Their last game was electric, and it's time to bring that energy back to TDECU Stadium this weekend. Ticket special for the game, $15 tickets. It's cheap. Grab your family and friends. Get your tickets today because they love their fans. So get out there. Uh, go to uhcougars.com slash tickets, 713-GO-COUGS to get your $15 tickets today. Come early. Enjoy all all the activities in Cougar Alley. Great spot to, to have some fun before a game. Uh, TDECU Stadium, the huge LED TV screen, Bud Light Backyard, much, much more. A lot of fun. We're giving away a pair of tickets right now to caller number 7. Go Cougs, Case Keenum. 713-780-3776. Caller 7 wins a pair of tickets. 713-780-3776. Why is Blankers uh, gone today? Wrong answers only. 713-780-3776. 
I'm not going to read that one. Four hundred one eight seven. I uh, marked that one. Oh, to read you marked it. it. I marked it. I was I was like I didn't mark this. I, I marked know, it. I didn't know that you were capable or sophisticated enough to mark these things. I like this one. <laughs> okay, I think it fine. belongs in mean text. Then you read it. Then you read it. Four one eight seven. Blank is teaching. Blank is teaching the show before yours how to be a great show. Now tell me why you like that one. I think it's funny. <laughs> Maybe they're a good show. Maybe he's teaching them to be a great show. Nine two two nine. Blankers isn't there because he's standing in line to get season tickets in Arlington. Hmm. I don't know if that's like a, I don't know if that's Packer slander or Astro slander. I probably both Astro one six four two. Blankers is walking in circles at the mall. I don't know if that's an age joke or not. I think it might be seven one four two with the new time slot. Blankers was having early bird special was withdrawals and he did his IHOP fix. That's hmm. definitely that's definitely an old joke. Yeah, but IHOP. We go Denny's. You have a. I mean, do you have a strong stance there? I do. You're just super Denny's over IHOP. No, just like if I if I if I'm gonna do that path of the the two, I'm taking Denny's. Yeah, I mean you could you could have something decent at either one. I haven't been to an IHOP or Denny's in I know. maybe it's been so long. I would say four years. Yeah, I, I go House of Pies. House of Pies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we got onto you once because I don't think High, House of Pies can be in that conversation. It's not, but it's like it's similar. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't think the Astros. Almost called you blankers. I don't think the Astros have been acting like a team with championship aspirations here, Joe. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You mentioned earlier you, you think that uh, since 2019 they've been acting kind of weird, but at least you hired Click and you did win a championship. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this kind of started, and I know, you, I know you won the 2022 World Series, but I think this started kind of at the deadline last year when James Click made a trade and you basically stripped him of power and you said, no, we're going we're gonna to go with our decision with, with what Dusty Baker wants. And look, you won a World Series, so it's hard to say that it was the wrong decision. Everything that has happened after the World Series isn't something that I, I love. You never tried, really, to bring back Click. I know you gave him this one-year contract that he was never going to accept. The reason that you did that is because you didn't want people to say that you fired James Click. You fired James Click. You didn't give him a fair market offer. Like He said no to that because it was a fake contract extension to go be an assistant general manager somewhere else. You fired James Click. Before you hired a general manager in Dana Brown, which there's some question marks with Dana Brown. I don't think that we have a true body of work to really gray Dana Brown yet. Um, you know, this offseason is going to be critical in our evaluation of him as the new general general manager. But before you hired, you hired one, you played fantasy general manager with your buddies that had your ear more than Dana Brown ever has had your ear. And you made some you know, free agent acquisitions and ex- extensions that don't look great today. Like, would you want to have Jose Abreu's remaining contract? No. Nope. Would you want to have Rafael Montero's remaining contract? No. And you and your buddies that were playing fantasy general manager in a time you didn't have a general manager are responsible for that. Um, it looks like the Astros aren't willing to spend into the luxury tax based on some of these quotes from Dana Brown at the uh, general manager meetings uh, that Chandler Rowe reported in The Athletic. Dana Brown would like to quote, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he'd spend for the right thing, but I don't think we have much to spend. And then maybe going internal at key positions. Quite frankly, I really don't matter. To me, it doesn't matter a ton who the manager is. Like, Brad Ausmus is one that it sounds gross. The Angels bench coach, to me, is one that sounds Ray gross. Ray McDonald. Yeah, Ray McDonald's one that sounds gross. Like, there, I have some deal-breaking managers, but if you gave me one of, like, ten managers that I'm cool with, I really don't care because I don't think that job is all that difficult. I think it, what you do in the clubhouse, keeping players happy, is far more important than filling out the lineup. And I think that you're... you're Plenty of people are capable of doing that. I'm talking about internal positions like middle reliever, 
Like, you're going to fill Hector Neris, Ryan Stanek, Phil Maton with the likes of Ronel Blanco, Forrest Whitley, and Parker Mashinsky. Like, that, that to me, you can still probably get to the playoffs. You can still probably be a 90-win team. But those are the types of moves that middling organizations make, not organizations that are banging the table to go win a World Series. You don't say, well, we're going to fill the innings of Hector Neris uh, with, uh, internally. Who? Who's doing Rafael Montero? That's like, the that's the problem. I think it, it's not that they don't. It, it's this philosophy has just worked. Like they, I don't think their philosophy has changed about how the the organization is going to really operate. They're going to not trade for big contracts that have long term value. Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, like those contracts are not long. They're not going to pay. George Springer. They're not going to pay Kyle Tucker in a couple years. Like they're going to only sign guys to fair market deals like Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Christian Javier. But the problem is, is that their philosophy has worked so well, but it's to the point now where it just we all know the answer. It can't keep working. There is no mm. like you like you have Jeremy you're Jeremy Pena, a surprise. Like, but there is no, you know, the next Christian Javier. It doesn't feel like it. Now, maybe there is. Yeah. But like, there is no bullpen arm on the way to save the day. There is no left field option. Jacob Melton is not that guy to m- put Chaz McCormick in left and take over center field. So, like, I feel like this, they're operating the way they have been. I, I feel like this is, I feel like they're different. I feel like they're different conversations because the Astros have been players in free agency. I mean, the Astros, they, they signed Jose Abreu last year. They brought uh, yeah. back Rafael Montero. They filled holes in the past. Like Michael Brantley was a free agent. They brought in relief. I mean, Hector Neris was a free agent. Ryan Stanek was a free agent. Maton was a, was a trade piece. But I mean, the Astros have backfilled holes in their big league roster with free agents. Um, I, I feel like they've let big-name free agents go, obviously. I mean, they let Verla- Verlander go, and then you traded back for him. You let Correa go. Uh, you, you mentioned Springer. But you always had a guy that was ready to take over. Uh, Jeremy Pena was ready to take over when Carlos Correa left. George Springer, people say, well, he was – he was. Uh, you never had the center fielder. George Springer doesn't play center field anymore. Like, your replacement for George Springer w- was Kyle Tucker. Um, so – they don't have those guys in this system, like the, the Joey, I don't even say his last name. I, I, to me, he's not quite ready. He didn't hit all that well in AAA. I'm not penciling him into my starting opening day lineup if I have championship aspirations. I'm talking more from like a holistic, we don't have a whole lot of money right now. We need to be frugal on how we use the money. Yeah. And the only way that we're going to spend into the luxury tax is for a name that Jim Crane likes. I feel like the way that they're operating is they don't really have a championship mentality. I think that the outfield position is a, is a pretty big hole, and Dana Brown's like, oh, we have outfielders here. So what you're telling me is that you're comfortable with Jake Myers, Mauricio Dubon as your everyday center fielders. You're comfortable with Chaz McCormick playing left field. I don't think that's a championship mentality. I know that Jake Myers has a really good defensive war. Do you trust Jake Myers to be your starter for 130 games? I like Mauricio Dubon a lot. Mauricio Dubon is at his best when he's a super utility player that can play all around the field, not as an everyday center fielder. Chaz McCormick in left field, look, I hope he continues to be a really good hitter. I think there's some reasons to doubt that. Uh, His minor league numbers were never great. Maybe he's just a late bloomer like Adolis Garcia. That's very much possible. But even if he sustains his offense from last year or just his three years in the big leagues collectively, his bat plays better in center field than it does left. I think outfield's a huge weakness on this team. Middle relief is a huge weakness on this team. And you're talking about outfield's not a weakness for us. We're going to fill the middle relief innings internally. 
I don't think that's how a championship organization or a team that has championship aspirations should be operating, and that's how they're operating. Yeah, they're acting like a cheap organization. They're acting, yeah, they're acting like a team that just settles for a wild card. And I think they're, and that's where I think they are. The two conversations are connected is because they have gaps to fill that they've really never had to fill before, and instead of answering it with money, they're pretending like they continue to have the answer with prospects that they don't have anymore. Yeah, I mean, they don't. That's the thing is, like in the past, I feel like they've always had an answer for a big name leaving. Yeah, they've always had a response for a big name leaving. You don't even really have big names. Like, what's the biggest name that's leaving you this off season? Hector Neris. You just have holes to fill, and they've always filled those holes with free agency. And it doesn't seem like they're going to do that this year. And to me, like they're more worried about a backup catcher than they are a, a starting outfield. Why? Like, I don't care who the backup catcher is. Quite frankly, it could be Caesar. If Salad. Caesar Salazar's the backup catcher, cool. Let him start forty games a year and then not start at all in the postseason. Why would backup catcher be a bigger priority than a starting outfielder when you didn't even trust Jake Myers to be on the ALCS roster? Mauricio Dubon's a far better utility player, and Chaz McCormick, like, I think he can play good enough to play left field. His bat's good enough to play there, but it plays much better in center. Uh, I don't like some of the actions of this Astro organization right now, and it scares me that the idea of they're not acting like a champion, and that annoys me. 713-780-ESPN, are you noticing anything with the Astros that makes you feel the same way? Am I losing my lid? 713-780-3776. Dana Brown had a lot to say yesterday, too. Can you even believe what Dana Brown has to say? The the, the general manager who cries wolf says some things, acts others. Uh, but we'll get to some of the uh, the biggest things that he had to say uh, out in Scottsdale at the GM meeting. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5, because every day is Children's Day. It was a baby. She smothered her own baby. 